We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he, God, made him, Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. He did not sin. He became sin for us. So that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Now look at that word, be. It's the same word, become. Alright? The same root word. He made him who knew no sin to become sin. Are we together? Did Jesus, stay with me carefully, I'm already teaching. Did Jesus sin to become sin? Answer me. Did Jesus sin to become sin? Now see that line. To become sin for us that we might become the righteousness. Did we do righteous to become righteous? Can our righteousness be measured by our acts of righteousness? No. Just as God looked upon Jesus and God saw the entire sin of the entire world, past, present, future, on a man who never sinned. You see why it sounds like foolishness? A man who never sinned nor was any guile, King James says, found in him. A man who never set his foot wrong. A man who never transgressed. Ever. For he made him who knew no sin to become sin. So God looks upon Jesus. Somebody who was absolutely perfect even by human moral standards. And sees such sin on him. And that because he's of fairer eyes than to behold iniquity he turns his face away from him and the Jesus who will make such a boast as in John 11 at the tomb of Lazarus father I thank you because you hear me always the same Jesus cries out Eloi Eloi lama sabachthani my father my father why have you forsaken me but I thought you said that Jesus God hears you always so all of a sudden God couldn't bring himself to bear upon Jesus because of the entire sin of the entire world for the entire time the entire sin of the entire world for the entire time so there was no sin of the world as long as the world is has been and will be in existence that was not accounted for upon Jesus are you following me tonight none the sin upon him was absolute living nothing out. That's why I said to you yesterday, Mark. Entire sin of the whole world upon somebody who never sinned. Now when you sing, my sin was great, your love was greater. Now watch this. The sin of the entire world upon a prototype. The second Adam. First Corinthians 15. And God judged him. And then the righteousness of the entire Godhead. 
upon me. Not by any works of Titus 3. I think it is Titus 3. Yes, Titus 3. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh man, you're so sweet. Titus 3 verse 4. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, appeared towards man, walk with me, my Lord, slow me down, not by works of righteousness which we have, so that grace did not appear by works of righteousness, even if we think we have done some. In other words, there are things that could be classified by whatever standard to be acts or works of righteousness, but they are not what informed the grace of God. And the grace of God there in question is Jesus the Christ. Because the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, John 1, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? And truth. So who is grace? Oh, come on, talk to me, people. Who is grace? Christ. So when he says the grace of God has appeared to all men, who is being talked about there? Because he's the one that appeared to all men. And he appeared to all men not by works of righteousness which you have done, but according to his mercy. Somebody say his mercy. He saved us through the washing of the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior that having been justified by his grace we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life so the righteousness we have is not anything we did hello it's not anything that we did it's all about what he did so God looks upon Jesus at that point and sees the sins of the entire world. God looks upon me on account of that exchange, that swap, and sees upon me the entire righteousness of Christ. So God cannot take his eyes off me just as he could not put his eyes on Jesus. Uh, Somebody say he swapped it. I repeat, God cannot take his eyes off me. I am so oozing righteousness that God delights in me through Christ. And that righteousness is not of my own making. Somebody put it all on me. In the same way that God could not look upon Jesus because he was so sinful. Even though he did not sin, but he was so sin-packed that God could not stand him. So God turning his back on Jesus was turning his front to me. Say he swapped it. Because God could not bear to look at Jesus in his sinful state. God cannot help looking at me in my righteous state. I, I, I don't deserve it. I, I did nothing to earn it, but he gave himself away. That is the gospel. 
And that is the validation of the believer, the way God sees you. Not the way you see yourself. And not even the way you see God. Because again, your seeing God is progressive. Your coming into God is progressive. You don't know all there is to, to as much a son of God as you are, it still does not yet appear what we shall look like. When we see him, we shall be like him and then we shall be informed what we shall look like. So we are seeing him, 2 Corinthians 3, yes, 18, beholding him and becoming what we're beholding. But no matter how much you become in the earth, there is still a glory yet to be accessed when you finally see him. The day that your salvation is complete. Because we are being saved. We have been saved, we are being saved, and we shall be saved. All by what he did. That is the swap. It's a ridiculous concept. That's why it takes faith to believe it. Do you understand? It takes faith to believe that I am, it's not, it's not a function of how I look. It's not a function of how I feel. It's a function of what Christ did. Yeah. I, I, just, I just need to believe it. And it's the believing that now becomes the problem. That's the work. John 6, right? 28, 29. That's why that's the work. To just believe. 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 That I am now the righteousness of God in Christ. This is scripture in... I think it is in Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah 61. Isaiah 60. We'll see why a physical Bible, nothing beats a physical Bible. What is punching, punching? Isaiah 61.10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me. Somebody say covered me. Covered me. With the robe of righteousness and he qualifies it as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments those of you who are here from across river and Bomb, you know what i mean by that what the scripture means decks himself with ornaments or the edo people you know when the groom wears all them beads and stuff you know the shakiri people the urobo people as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with jewels that's how god has clothed me with a garment too big for me so I know I'm kind of fumbling inside it and, and kind of acting funny and kind of struggling with addictions and, and kind of struggling with habitual issues. Don't, don't blame me. The garment is really big. I need to grow into it. It's a robe of... Imagine when God decides to wear you a dress. He doesn't sew it according to your size. He sews it according to his size. He doesn't take your measurement to sew the garment for you. He takes because as you are, as he is, so are you. So he will not sew a dress for you according to your size. He will sew it for you according to his size. So he takes a garment of God. God's righteous garment. God's robe of righteousness. And he says, come here. You don't know what Jesus paid for you. Come here. Wear this thing. 
and you wear his robe of righteousness and you get lost in it. You can't even find yourself. And you're stumbling and you're fumbling and you're not sure about it because it's going to take you all of your life. Literally, all of your life to grow into God's robe of righteousness. You think it's a joke? It's going to take all your life to grow into it. Can you imagine wearing God's dress? When you're singing, that's the righteousness. See, most times we're quick to talk about how big God is, how wide God is, how high God is. And you don't realize that you can translate those attributes to how wide what he did for you is. It's not just how big God is to heal, how big God is to give you a job, how big God is to give you a baby. All of that is contingent on how big God is to give you righteousness. That's why one of the most strongest prayer you can pray is listen Satan I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You don't need to bind no demon. You don't need to cast no sickness. You don't need to argue with any false foul spirit, any wrong report. You just need to submit to them and yourself. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. What the devil hears is you can't mess with me. Because the devil understands what righteousness is. You're wearing God's dress. He didn't send a pastor to clothe you. Please put back that scripture on the screen. He didn't send a bishop to teach you how to be righteous. This is a good place for that um, screenshot to come in. Is she here? She's here. Somebody who used to be somewhere sent me, actually showed me last week, showed me a message on how to be righteous that she was taught and I said snap it and send it to me God will not defend you until your life is found rooted in God's word how to flood yourself in righteousness one associate yourself with right people some one verse one you know that scripture he that dwells in the secret of the most High. your associates determines your experience Number two, how to flood yourself in righteousness. Read and study right books. Three, watch godly stroke right channels and themes. Now you are laughing, but you were there. You're laughing. You have heard this message. And you accepted it as the word of God. That's why you can call the gospel of the cross foolishness. Because this one makes more logical sense. Makes you feel like you are doing something to try and attain. You are, you are cutting your cloth according to your size one day at a time. Watch the right channels and themes. Four, behave and talk rightly. Five, flood yourself, flood your life with the, with the tangible manifestation of God's presence. There are things you obtain only because of your level of spirituality. Number eight, sing and listen to anointed songs. Nine, be, broke, be a broken and a passionate worshiper. Next, t- ten, speak in tongues. It gives you direction in life. Nine, flood your life with prayers and case studies. Daniel. 
And then he goes, how do I flood my life with prayer? Have a prayer schedule. Have a fasting schedule. And then the last point on how to uh, flood yourself in righteousness is invoke the blood of Jesus. And this person walked up to me with this sheet of paper out here last week Tuesday and hugged me tightly with tears in her eyes and she says, thank you, Pav. And I, I sat in my office and I, was, I told her, I said, to screenshot it to me. I sat down. I was reading some DSTP forms and I was crying. You don't know how much bondage you have lived in. How to enter righteousness. How to walk in it. He clothed you. This is Isaiah speaking. Those many thousand years ago. That God, God himself, he didn't borrow from anybody. He didn't enlist anybody's help. God himself decked you with a robe of righteousness his size. Creflo Dollar said something a few days ago and it blew my mind. He said there are earthly consequences for your sin. I've taught you that in this house before. Don't confuse eternal reward with earthly consequence. You, you, you sinned, you slept around, you got HIV positive, you died. God didn't dodge you. You just got into trouble for yourself. You were driving at 140 kilometers. You didn't wear a seat belt. You crashed. You were driving. And you didn't realize your car doesn't have airbag. You said they, they followed you from your village. They didn't follow you from your village. It's just earthly consequence for your stupidity. It's not God punishing you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he said there's earthly consequence for sin, but losing your righteousness is not one of them. There's earthly consequences for sin. But losing your righteousness is not one of them. Because it's a robe that God wore. He doesn't retract it. To retract it will be to undo the cross. The only way God can retract his righteousness from me is if he can rewind back to Jesus and remove the whole sin from him. He cannot continue to be referred to as the sacrifice that took away the sins of the world and, and God removes the righteousness that is that reward from me. <laughs> That's why it takes faith to believe it. Romans chapter 3 and verse 21. Romans 3, 21. But now in the righteousness of God, look at that next line. The righteousness of God apart from the law has been revealed. Switch data and switch to the NLT. Start the verse again from the top. But now God has shown us a way. Look at this. To be made right with him, read out loud, without keep. Go back now. It doesn't say without the requirements. It says without keeping. On Facebook sometime last year, um, I made a comment, a post on sin and grace. And somebody came on and said that, um, he's actually an old acquaintance of mine, came on and said, some of you remember that post? And he said that Jesus did not do away with the law. 
you know, and misquoting that scripture that Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And when you fulfill something, is it still in force? I mean, it's English. You made a vow. You fulfilled the vow. I, is the vow still binding on you? You pledged to give us a, a ten chairs. You brought the ten chairs. You kept the ten chairs. And I see you tomorrow and I ask you for ten chairs. You have fulfilled your obligation. It does not continue to be in force from the moment it has been fulfilled. So you made a pledge and you you have made the pledge. Every time I see you, oh, F your home, 10 chairs. Do you understand what I'm saying? Daniel, three chairs. Pav, you promised me a a free song. I've done you the song. Sir, you promised me a free song. I will lock you up. You're harassing me. You're harassing me. You're a familiar spirit. You're harassing me. You're harassing me because my obligation is fulfilled. When Jesus came not to abolish the law as per God requires something and then man cannot perform it. So Jesus comes and scatters it and throws it away. That's the context of he did not come to abolish. Other translations say he did not come to set aside the law so he didn't come to act as though God had no requirement to be met he came fully cognizant of the requirement and therefore fulfilled its obligation and that's why Hebrews can confidently say that it has now faded away because he has fulfilled the law he has paid what was required by the law because you could not pay it. At the point where you successfully kept all 623 laws. Oh yes. Most of you only think there's 10 commandments. No. 613 followed those 10. So there's 623. Which right now everybody in this room right now is breaking. Everybody. You shall not wear two different fabrics upon yourself. I am the Lord. Check yourself right now. You are, some of you are wearing like up to six different <laughs> polyester, cotton, kente, eh, 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 silk, you know, leather. You have, can you imagine how many times you have broken the law? So you want to keep the law, be my guest. Now, not only could you not keep the law, at the point that you successfully kept it all, Guess what your score is? Zero. Because the law was not designed as a highway to righteousness. The law was not designed as a highway to righteousness. The law was designed as a magnifier for sin. The law was not designed as a highway to righteousness. Keeping the law in its full entity doesn't lead you to righteousness. Because we know that by the works of the law, no man can be justified. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. 
The law simply shows us how sinful we are. So am I teaching you God's word? New King James. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. We talked about this last week. Yeah, the whole Adam and Eve scenario. Yeah, so by the time you successfully kept the law, it doesn't take you nowhere. 21. But now, but now, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed. We are made right with God by placing our faith in New King James. You see why teaching is different from preaching? Even the righteousness of God. Go back to verse 21. Let's pick up the statement where it starts in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophet. In other words, as the message puts it, what has been revealed is a fulfillment of what the law and the prophets prophesied. Do you understand? That righteousness is the righteousness of God through in Jesus Christ. To all and on all who believe. And it goes on, there's no difference, there's no Jew, there's no Greek, we are all one. But the point is, the, that righteousness is accessed through faith. And what is faith? Believing. Because by natural terms, it's, it's too lofty for you to attain. By natural terms, you cannot just get up and say, you know what, I'm righteous. Do you understand? You, you have to believe it. You have to believe it. And once you believe it, here's what starts to happen. The enemy steps up his attack on you. Because at the point that you believe, the only thing the enemy has on you at the point that you believe you're the righteousness of God in Christ is to guilt trip you. To make you doubt that you are as righteous as the word has said you are. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, the scariest people on earth are the people that will see what God's word says and will say, I know that's what it says, but me personally, I, I, I run as fast as I don't deal with such people. I don't. They are deadly people. It's one thing to not know. I respect ignorance. I fear the ignorance of ignorance. Especially if that ignorance of ignorance is willful and deliberate. I understand that you don't know. I don't understand that you don't know that you don't know. And you don't realize that you don't know. Because you, are, you can't be helped. So when somebody says, oh, I didn't, I didn't see that before. Oh, it's fine. I love it. The eyes of your understanding have just been enlightened. That's what Paul prayed, Ephesians 1. I love it. But when somebody says, I know it says that, but that is the definition of Antichrist. Antichrist means instead of, 
doesn't always mean against. I've taught you that, the word anti in Greek. It doesn't only mean against Christ. It means anything that takes the stead of Christ. Even if it is pro-Christ. Do you understand what I just said? Even if it is, it is being done in the name of Christ. If it takes a place that belongs exclusively to him, it is antichrist. And anybody that will say, I know you are the righteousness of God, but I just excuse myself. I'd rather continue to look foolish and bask in the righteousness of God than trying to engage you in your willful ignorance. And how the devil will try and manipulate you once you realize and believe you are the righteousness of God in Christ is to make you doubt what you are. And he started that trick with Jesus. If he's not afraid to have practiced practiced it on Jesus, he's not afraid to practice it on you. So get ready for it. Because he walks up to Jesus And he says to Jesus, if you are the son of God, please think about it for a second. He knew, Satan knew that Jesus was the son of God. That's why he came to test him. Somehow he was hoping he would catch Jesus on a day off. A day that Jesus has abdicated his sonship because he's 40 days hungry. That's why you must be careful that you do not alter your position by your condition. You must be careful to not alter your placement in God by your circumstance in life. Even when the going is bad, you are still the righteousness of God in Christ. Even when you messed up yesterday, some of you messed up today. You are still the righteousness of God in Christ. Pastor, are you encouraging iniquity? You that sin, do you not know that you sin? You know. You don't need me to tell you. If you have the spirit of God in you, you don't need a pastor to tell you you got it wrong. You don't need a pastor. But the moment you are sick, you go, ah, man, this is my sickness. No, 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 no. Your your position should influence your condition. Not your condition informing your position. So because you're going through something, you take a day off. Somebody said to me the other day, I I I was low. I don't know if he's here. I was low emotionally and financially. That's why I stayed away. The devil will kill you. He will kill you. You will go to heaven and be waiting for us. You are not eternally lost. Do you understand what I just said? So if you kill yourself now, you just cut short your earthly existence. You went to wait for us. We'll meet up with you. And by the time we are sharing notes with God and getting reward for works, you have nothing to show because you died too early, stupidly. You didn't go to hell. Are you following me? You just wasted your sonship on the earth. Because this sonship is of no benefit in the kingdom that is to come. By the time we see this guy and we're together, he is the light of the city. He does not need the sun. What sonship are you doing? 
By the time we see him, we are no longer sons. I said to someone the other day and they thought I was crazy. I said, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not eternal. The, whole, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is time-based. So a time will come shortly when you will look for the Holy Spirit, you will not see him. The room is quiet because I'm staring deeper waters now. You ask for the voice of the Spirit, you will not see him. Because you and him are fused as one. So this sonship is only of earthly relevance. If you kill yourself, you just cut short your earthly relevance. You wait for us. He goes, I'm, 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 I'm down. The devil cannot get to you until he can successfully isolate you. So when you're down, it's not when you stay at home. It's when you run to family. Trek to family if you need to trek. Don't forsake that assembly. Come and be strengthened. Because it's just a condition. It does not or should not affect your position. Your position is I'm sat with Christ in heavenly places. Your position is I am, not I was. What I used to be, I am, is constant. Hey, think about it. When Moses asked him in Exodus 3, when they were go back and they say, who sent me? Who shall I say to them? God told them, tell him I am. I am signifies constancy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. I am. Yes, sir. I, I am. Whatever it is that I am is qualifying, it is. So when I say I am, the righteousness of God in Christ, it is constant. It cannot change. You know why? Because it's not my righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30. 1 Corinthians 1.30. It's not my righteousness. It's not mine. It's his. Remember, is it, is it robe? Isaiah 61.10. But of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became... So, 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 Second Corinthians five says he became sin. First Corinthians is now saying he also became for you righteousness. He became for you sin, so God can punish him on your behalf. He then became for you righteousness, so God can bless you on his behalf. It's not you. He became your sin. He became your righteousness. He didn't become your sin and leave you to walk into righteousness. The righteousness you needed by which heaven will reckon with you, Jesus generated it and then imputed it to you. So it's all on him. It's all on him. It's all on him. So he comes to to Jesus and he says, if you are who you claim to be, turn the stones to bread. If you are who you claim to be, jump from this pinnacle. If you are who you claim to be, worship me. All of Satan's 
temptations of Jesus were solely based on identity. Not circumstance. If Satan could get Jesus to successfully doubt his identity, he could get Jesus to compromise. So he wasn't trying to get Jesus to compromise. He was trying to get Jesus to doubt who he was. So that, listen to this carefully, and I hope that it's not above your pay grade. I hope you'll catch what I'm about to say right now. Even if Jesus had responded to Satan to prove he was the son of God, he would have failed the test. Because some of you would have gone, what's the big deal? I am the son of God. You know what? Stones, bread. The moment Jesus did that, he loses his position. Because he has performed to the pandering of someone who questioned his identity. <laughs> it means he didn't know who he was. So he himself would have needed to, to do something to self-validate his position. Yes, of course. Yes. So Jesus passing the test wasn't that he didn't do anything. If he had gone ahead and turned stones to bread, me, I would doubt his sonship. And the devil tried and realized, man, this dude is, is who he is. And he knows who he is. I was hoping that after 40 days, he would doubt who he is because he hasn't had anything to eat because his bills have not been paid because they walked him out of the exam hall and his classmates looked at him and said look at you with all your Jesus you have not paid your fees because they packed your things out of your house and they threw you out because you have not paid your rent be, be, because you went to the hospital and, 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 and they, were not, they couldn't t- treat you because you, the deposit required for the treatment was not complete because you went for the contract and, and everything looked like it would come together and one way or the other things just fell apart because you had dated the lady for six years and all of a sudden when it was time to get married the lady says I am sorry but I don't think you're good enough for me or because my family thinks you're not just quite the one and, and because of that you take a day off and the devil is waiting for you to take such a day off the devil is here right now don't let religious people deceive you that when you pray and bind him he's far away he's here he just can't work in some of us hopefully you're in his territory. Don't deceive yourself. He's here. He goes and tells God every day, I'm, I'm doing my business. Satan, this place is too hot for you. No, no, no. He's comfortable. <laughs> Believe me. Be, don't let religion deceive you. It's comfortable. He enters the presence of God every day. Your church gathering is too small to keep him out. It goes before God every day. You feel like you're in one small church program, you know, because you have prayer warriors that started the service. And we bind every satanic power, we cast you out into the bottomless pit. How come he came back for the next service? Okay. (laughs) 
Because if you cast him into a bottomless pit, he should keep falling and falling and falling and not show up for the next service. He won't come for the next service now. Why will you keep praying every time for bind and cast Satan? So you bound him last week. Yesterday, first service, you bound him. Second service, you are binding him. What kind of Satan that we cannot stay bound? No, you. you don't see anywhere in your Bible where you are giving power to bind Satan. What? Not one. Satan, I bind you. I cast you. Sorry, sir. You can't bind him. You can't cast him. He will only be cast once at the end of the ages by one particular angel. Bind you. You can't you cannot operate here. He's right here next to your ear. That's why a lot of you finish and leave and it does not translate to Zoe. Because a voice was speaking, but another voice was speaking. Who did you hear? He's never far. Ever. He's just not inside you. But he's never far. And all he's doing is waiting for the day that you declare a public holiday from sonship. Because of your condition. The worst time to doubt your salvation is when you just messed up. Stay with me. If you want to try doubting your salvation, do it when you feel like everything's all right. Let me repeat this and hope you can catch it. If you want to have conversations with God about, am I really saved? Do it when everything in your life is perfect. Do it when for at least three weeks you have been praying every morning for two hours. You have read three chapters of the day. One from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament, one from Psalms. Hallelujah. <laughs> Who knows what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. When you have told ten random people every week, you know what? Jesus loves you. When somebody has slapped you on one cheek, you turn the other cheek, and then you remember you had two other cheeks, you turn this cheek, and you turn the other cheek. Four cheeks have been slapped, and nothing spoiled. Do you understand? The boss guy drives off with your change, you're like, bless you. Yeah. You know? You're, you're, you're walking by the road, it's raining, that car splashes water on you, like, is intentional. <laughs> Never failing. I don't have to worry because it's working for me. Hmm. It's in this time of your life you can have a question session with God about whether you are really righteous or saved. Do you understand? Don't try to doubt your salvation when you just messed up. Because the devil is hanging around to capitalize on your mess up to convince you you are not as righteous as you say you are. When you fall, it's not when you should say, Lord, I realize I'm a sinner. When you fall, it's not when you should say, Lord, I know I do not deserve your grace. When you sin, it's not when you say, Father God, I know I am not worthy to approach your presence. Because as you're doing that, you are arming the devil with ammunition to strip you, if he can, of your position in God. When you fall and you've messed up and you found yourself caught in masturbation, open your mouth and say, Father, I know this is not who I am. Father, I know 
that in the midst of my mess, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Father, I know that even as I'm struggling with tobacco and drugs, even if I'm struggling with drug abuse and, and sexual immorality, I know that I have right standing with you. And so this cannot continue to define who I am. And the measure to which I believe who I am, the measure to which I confess who I am, in spite of my contrary actions, are the measure to which I grow into the fullness of who I am. That's the message they never preached to you. Because all the devil is doing is looking around. That's all he's doing. He's, he's very patient. I've told you before, the devil is my mentor in perseverance. I, I'm not joking. I'm serious. I didn't learn perseverance from anybody. I learned perseverance from the devil. The idiot knows that he has lost. Every day he wakes up, he never stops trying. Every day he knows how he's going to end up. He knows the word of God. He knows he'll be bound for a thousand years. He knows he will be judged and cast into the lake of fire. He knows that the lake of fire will pass away. He knows that he has suffered colossal defeats that he can never be redeemed from. Yet, every day, he comes and tries you that he knows has the victory. And it's you that has the victory that will start to doubt. Do I have it? Do, Do I not have it? Now, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and through us diffuses the knowledge of his fragrance in every place every place this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith they overcame him by the word of the lamb by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony he knows you have the victory you know you have the victory and the moment a condition comes and the weather changes you start to doubt your position and all he's doing is waiting for such a day because that's the only time he can exercise power that's all he has the power of guilt that's why Lucifer means accuser the word Lucifer means accuser that's his full time job description he's an accuser of the brethren so all he's doing is hoping that you sleep up and once you sleep up, you can convince yourself God suddenly became mad at you because you slept up. We have parents here. We have teenagers here. And teenagers, it takes a different type of grace of God to raise you in this dispensation. Not just a special grace of God, a different breed of special grace to raise you. And so far, you are still in your, some of you, at least, are still in your parents' house. You bring back some stupid result. They still send you to the next term. Because somehow your father is hoping that as he continues to expose you to the illumination of school, one day you'll get up and realize you're not a dollar. It might not be in primary one, it might not be in primary two, it might, not, it might struggle through just one, you might struggle through SS1 because you're not sure if you should do science, social science or art, but somehow he's hoping that by, by, by next term you will get better. Even if he doesn't tell you, the reason why he keeps putting money in it is because he's hoping that you will get better. He's hoping to convince himself you are not what your teacher has said you are. He will even go and argue with your teacher and say, my child is not dull I don't know why he came up with this kind of result but, but, but when he grew up he was not like this he, 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 was, he was brilliant he exhibited signs of, 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 of an inclination towards academics so please bear with him and then he will hire somebody to give you extra lessons 
He will link you up to somebody who's in a higher class or two or a copper somewhere to try and brush you up because he doesn't give up hope on you. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father? Why would he abdicate on you when the DNA you are carrying is his? Oh, Pab is a mess. I am his mess. He's responsible for me. He's jealous for me. He's jealous for me. That means he will fight. There's no lie he wouldn't tear down. No wall he wouldn't kick down. No shadow he wouldn't light up. No mountain he wouldn't climb up. Coming after me because I am his investment. And watch this. I was born by the incorruptible seed of God. First Peter chapter 1. And he promised that no word, watch this carefully, of the Lord returns to him void. But must accomplish that for which he sent it. If I am a product of the word. If I am a product of the word, then God cannot afford for this word to return to him void. This word must accomplish that for which he sent it. Am I speaking to anybody here tonight? Because don't forget, Takim has told you, I've told you that you like this are the word made flesh. And if I'm born of incorruptible seed, the word, and that word cannot return to him void, God is duty bound to protect his investment until it yields result. God is duty bound to protect this investment. He must produce fruit. It cannot return to him void. What excuse will God give God for failing to preserve me for God? And all the devil is waiting for is to guilt trip you. Make you feel like, nah, you don't deserve this. I I thought you said you were righteous. And in in your devil drama voice, ha, 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 ha,
You had casual sex. Make sure I didn't pick up some stupid infection. It's, 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 I'm being honest with you. Take antibiotics if you need to. Take a pill if you need to. But don't sit there and build an altar around your sin. Because that's what, that's what the devil is waiting to capitalize on. Reach out if you need to. Speak to your pastor if you need to. But by all means, regard it as just your condition that has no influence on your position. There are consequences for sin. Losing your salvation is not one of them. Because you are the righteousness. Tell your neighbor he swapped it. That's the only weapon the devil can deploy. Guilt. I'm doing good for time, you know. Guilt. And once you understand, ah, nah, is anybody catching this tonight? Don't, don't take a day off. Don't, don't. Confess it over and over and over and over again. Shout into it. Cry into it. Pray into it. Worship into it. Confess into it. Because it's who you are. Say, because Jesus became my sin, I have now become his righteousness. Man, what a swap. What a swap. It's just a lot on my heart. It's a lot on my heart. I'm trying to find where to land with this. You know, we're still on that third exchange, right? His righteousness for my sin. Somebody comes to you and somebody is sick. And as a pastor, as a spiritual brother, you tell them you are not sick. You are strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Don't say you are sick. Say you are healed. Because saying you are sick is not faith. Talk to me now. Somebody comes to you and say, pastor, I sinned. Why don't you tell him, hey! You are not a sinner. Exercise faith. Why is it different in terms of sin and righteousness? Sir, I just I just lost my job. Don't say that. All things are yours. All things work together for good. Sir, Pastor, I just messed up. Hey, you are not your mess up. If you cannot enforce the truth of God in terms of righteousness and sin, you have no right to enforce it in terms of sickness and health. Health comes to you on the basis of the righteousness of God. That you are. Breakthrough comes to you on the basis of the righteousness of God. Because God will not ever deal with man. God will only ever deal with God. That's why without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is a God deposit in you that guarantees that God can do business with you. 
Do you understand what I just said? It's the God deposit. That's why this faith by which you are saved is a gift of God. So God deposits an attribute of himself in you. So when God is looking to be pleased of you, guess what he needs to see? Faith. Faith is not you. Faith is God in you. God does not transact with mortals. God does not transact with normal human beings. God, divinity only transacts with divinity. And what brings you into the realm of the divine is faith in his finished work that brings you into the rank of the divine. That brings you into the rank and file of the divine. So when God will heal you, he will heal you according to his righteousness. Are you listening to me? If God will give you a job, he will give you a job according to his righteousness. If God will give you admission, he will give you admission according to his righteousness. So the most important thing, look at this, what he told them in Matthew 6. Seek ye first his kingdom and its righteousness. And on the basis of that, All these things. So what is the what is the thing that is the focus? Your righteousness. So if you cannot enforce your righteousness when you messed up, you cannot enforce healing when you are sick. Except if the righteousness you are practicing is the one of fifteen steps. Which is all most of you know as righteousness. Works. So when you finish ticking the list, you then feel, aha, I think I have righteous now. I've not watched any movie in the last, I'm about, I've downloaded Avengers Endgame. If I don't watch it tonight, I will watch it tomorrow. Do you understand? He ain't got nothing on my righteousness at all. I am going to watch it, if not tonight, after preaching to you. Tomorrow morning. So judging by movies, I am the most unrighteous person you can ever find. There's a new movie by Samuel L. Jackson called Glass. Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis. I am going to watch it. So sit down, believe in a boring life and taking how many movies you have not watched. I can't remember when last I watched secular TV. But you can remember when last you slept on a secular bed? You can remember last you drove in a secular car? When you used a secular phone? When you ate secular food? And drank secular drink? You might as well go naked and don't wear secular clothes. It's not of works. Of righteousness which we have done if I'm watching a movie and the swearing gets too much I just switch it off because it just trips me off not because it affected my righteousness do you understand yeah 
if, if I, you are cussing too much, or using the F word too much, it, it just, for me it just becomes distracting. Do you understand? I love Ask Cube. I think he's a brilliant black American actor. But he, he swears 10 times a second. And sometimes I just, I just can't watch except the PG movies that he does. Are we there yet? You know, stuff like that. I love stuff like that. But you know, other movies, and sometimes it's just, I'm just switching off. Not because if I listen to you use the word 20 times, I'm going to hell. No, that's not how he's measuring my righteousness. It's a robe I'm wearing. Yeah. Nothing takes it off. Nothing takes it off. But that's when you start to doubt. If the trumpets sound now, as I'm watching this movie. Father, you know, before the trumpet sounded, I was watching Captain America. Is there a 3D screen? I can continue. Because all things are open and naked before you, Father. So you were watching this film with me. Since we could not postpone the sound of the trumpet. No, I am past the point where I'm going to doubt what he did because of what I do or don't do. Tell neighbor, rest. Rest. Everything you will ever attain to in life is hinged on your knowledge of your righteousness which is in God through Christ. Everything, if you will ever attain anything, is on the bedrock of being the righteousness of God in Christ. No other message is more important. No other message. It's not what I do. I'm past there. Don't let the devil guilt trip you. No. I didn't have to, so, so now God is saying as you watch anything and then you are just flipping through the channels. As we are flipping, you just came on ITV and as you came on ITV, you saw a woman with naked breast in the movie because you were not sure, you were just flipping. And as you, fl- you flipped and you just saw lost of the eyes, trumpet sounds, you are in hell. Whether you are G.O., whether you, I don't care who you are, there are no different standards. As you saw those two breasts, you are going to hell. Whether you saw them voluntarily or involuntarily, God, you have, you have, there has been a sin. But you, you will not stand and say, God, but you know, I was not trying to see. I was just flipping the channels to see what it was. I didn't have the time to even react by saying, forgive me my sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The trumpet sounds, and then right there, as in, in the split second of you seeing what you should have seen, and trumpet sounding, in that split second, God has deleted your name from the book of life. No, 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 no. Wrote it in the book of death. Trumpet sound. You, you missed it. Left behind. Listen to me. Nothing sells like fear. Nothing sells like fear. Fear sells. Jerry Jenkins and Tim Lahai made a lot of money from the Left Behind series. Because you're not sure you read the book. You know those books when you read them, you read, you read them and you can swear you watched the movie. If you read any Left Behind series, you're reading the book and you, can, you, can, you can't swear that it's a movie you watch because as you're, as you're reading the book, it comes alive in your subconscious. 
And then God just quickly, because he's so, he has such a serious multiple polar disorder, that all he does is just stand with a big pen and eraser. As you are doing this, as you pay your tithe, ah, okay. And sometimes, as you vacillate between trying to understand your righteousness, God just has two pairs and two erasers like that. Because all you employed God to do is to be writing and deleting name in the book of life and death. That's all your God is doing. Juggling act. Now he's doing this for you and he's doing this for six billion other people. Then he lies when he says he's at rest. Is anybody getting this tonight? He lies when he says he's at rest. He's not at rest. He's busier than he was at creation. He's He's busy. He's busy. But no, he, he has finished. Listen, do you understand what finished work means? Let me help you break it down into English you can understand. It means it is finished. Since you don't understand finished work, it means a work that has been finished. Do you understand it now? Is it simpler to understand than finished work? I think so. You say finished work, you don't understand. Finished work is a work that has been worked and has now finished. There's nothing remaining to work. No. He didn't say this is my portion of the work and then I'm leaving your portion of the work. He didn't do that. He's not finished. But he worked the work. And he brought you. So when you are entering a boardroom for an interview, guess who entered the boardroom? The entirety of the righteousness of God. When you know that, they cannot lose you that job. When you enter knowing that it is the righteousness of God that stepped in here, there's something about the atmosphere of the place that changes. Because man cannot but reckon with God. Takim said that earlier. You are of worshipable status when you understand who you are in God. It's when you leave that you'll be saying, oh, stop, something about that. I wasn't quite sure what it was. Was it just me? And people say, no, I, I, I felt it too. There was something about that person that was just different. And it's done. Because God walked in the room. You go for an, for an examination and they check you and, and they are telling, trying to tell you something. And you tell the doctor, no, doctor, and with all due respect, you are wrong. Go and try it. Come back here next Tuesday and come and give your praise report. Whose, whose report have we believed? That's how Isaiah 53 starts. Whose report? Doctor, it looks like you have, you are developing cancer cells. Doctor, I know you know your job and everything, 
But you see this body that I'm carrying, doctor. What's your name again, sir? Dr. Uh, Nonso. Okay, Dr. Nonso, listen. This body that I'm carrying, I know you have been trained for this for how many years? Sorry, forgive my asking. Nine years. By that time, doctors are really looking at you. You see, nine years, you specialize in this thing for nine years, ten years. I know you have seen a lot in your, in your field. But you see, this body that I'm carrying cannot accommodate cancer. Cannot. You know, so you see, you know, you see, we have done our prognosis, we have done an ultrasound. Doctor, let me ask you another question. Have you ever been in a point in your career where you saw something and you were convinced of what you saw and later on you found out that you could not see what you saw? Have you? Oh, well, well, I'm not doubting the power of God. And I'm okay, doctor, don't worry. I will be back. You will test me again. And you will tell me, doctor, if you can see what you saw. The doctor himself will start praying for you. Because they too need faith to believe. There's doctors in the room. There's senior medical person in the room. They come across certain things where they know that this one, this one, this one needs God. And when it happens, they are quick to tell you this one was a miracle. So you tell the doctor, doctor, you know, this body, I'm, I'm not arguing what you saw. Because I'm sure, I'm very sure you're pretty well trained in your field of specialty and I respect that. But um, this body, cannot accommodate what you saw. So be ready to see again. Is it okay if I take your number so when I come I'm making sure I'm dealing with you in particular? I'm telling you what I've done. So we're not teaching you old wives fables. Oh we have tested this thing. It works. It works. It works. It works. It, 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 everything it's embedded in your knowledge of who and whose you are. Try it. Tell the doctor, no. I'll come back. I'll come back. And you will see with your own eyes what God is able to do. Because righteousness cannot be sick. Righteousness cannot be lost. Righteousness cannot be disadvantaged. Now that's what Jesus took. For he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. Somebody say for us. For us. Somebody say for us. For us. Personalize it for me. So that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Give God praise tonight. concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.